Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Tradition says that when the commandments were given to Moses, Mount Sinai bloomed. And there's scriptural basis for that deduction, although it's a deduced reasoning. And God's word is alive. When God's word is added to the equation, this is what happens. This is what happens when God's word comes into your life. You need to hear and receive that. We also remember that Shavuot is a harvest holiday when crops are being harvested. Uh, And so that's why we have all the bounty. Look at all this stuff down here. It's absolutely beautiful with all the the fruits and the the vegetables and the the blooming plants that are all around us. It's symbolic of the harvest. This is the harvest that we're in right now. That's what Shavuot is commemorating in part. Shavuot is also called Chag HaBikurim, the festival of first fruits. Why? Of course, the first fruits of the wheat crop are in. And in general, we just finished the rainy season in Israel. In fact, it's interesting because for sure, Israel has now finished the rainy season. I don't know if you've been following what's going on in Israel, but last week, Israel experienced a very, very hot, hot time. In fact, uh, I was reading that Tiberius had a high temperature last week of 113 uh, which is really hot. Uh, Jerusalem high was 100 degrees. Tel Aviv was almost 110. For multiple days, it was well over 100, like almost a week. So the rainy season is done, and Israel is producing many crops, though. The crops are blooming right now. Yoel knows that. Our cantor uh, is Israeli, and he could tell you that. And uh, the crops are, are, are really uh, coming out And we celebrate what God has done for us in our own lives, in our own harvest. All too often, we don't stop for a moment and think about the harvest in our own lives, especially in this day and time when things are just so incredibly crazy in the world. We don't stop. Of course, now is a good time to stop because you're a little bit forced to stop, right? But we should stop and not just uh, do nothing, but we should reflect upon the harvest that God has produced in our lives. If you, follow, if you follow the weekly parashot, you know that we go through the whole Bible. That's part of the beauty of what our Jewish people do. We're known as the people of the book. And, and we go through the portions. We had our, our, our Torah scrolls out. And, and throughout the year, there are portions that we read uh, throughout the whole Bible. Well, the, uh, the Megillat Rut, uh, or the scroll of Ruth, uh, is included in the readings for Shavuot. Specifically, why? There's a couple reasons why Ruth, and I, I want to touch on this as we start and prepare for the ceremony. Uh, why do we read Ruth 
on Shavuot? Well, there are a couple of reasons for that. One may be a little bit uh, obvious because Shavuot is a key part of the harvest and the barley harvest. And we, we know that Shavuot, I just mentioned it, one of the, the focuses of it is, is that the, we've been counting the Omerim and, uh, and, and here we are is that it's ready now to be harvested. Similarly, if you read the book of Ruth, of course, which I hope you do, it's a beautiful book, Ruth centers on this very season. As Daniel read a little bit earlier, uh, when Ruth was uh, gleaning out in the field uh, and Boaz was given certain instructions. So we know that this is the season that the book of Ruth takes place in, which is absolutely beautiful. That's one of the reasons we read the book of Ruth on Shavuot. But there are other reasons, because on this date, the Jewish people took on the commandments of God. And uh, similarly... Okay, so remember, on, on Mount Sinai, the Ten Commandments were given, and the Jewish people said, yes, what, what he says, we will do. What you say, we will do. We, so we receive the commandments of God on Shavuot. Similarly, if you look at the book of Ruth, Ruth took upon herself what the Scriptures required, even though it was not her native faith. So she chose to receive the true word of God in a unique way in her time. Ruth's husband, of course, who was Naomi's Jewish son, had died, and Ruth was continuing to serve Naomi, her mother-in-law, but Naomi was going back to Israel. So uh, the, the husbands had died, and Naomi was heading back to Israel to go back with her people, and Ruth, of course, was from Moab. She was a Moabitess, and, and so what happens in Ruth chapter 1, feel free to follow along starting in verse 15, Naomi is talking to Ruth and, and she, look, says Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. So Naomi was telling Ruth, go on back to your, to your people. I'm going to back to the, the people, the Jewish people. You go back to your Moabite people. But Ruth replied, verse 16, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. And your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. These are some of the most profound words ever said in the Scripture. And very honestly, as a Jewish man, to think that there are non-Jewish people in our congregation and others around the world that would say that means more to me than you know. This really, in many ways, is the definition of a Messianic Gentile believer with a Ruth-like calling. So friends... If you're from a non-Jewish background, Shavuot is very much for you because of the theme of Ruth. Because we remember that the Jewish prophet Hosea foretold, and Rabbi Shaul speaks of how God shows his mercy. Listen to what Rabbi Shaul says as he's recounting a little bit of what Hosea said from the Tanakh. And he's speaking uh, on this theme, verse chapter 9 of Romans, verse, starting in verse 23. Rabbi Shaul says, what if he, meaning God, what if God did this 
to make the riches of his glory known to the objects of his mercy, whom he prepared in advance for glory, even us, whom he also called, but not only from the Jews, but also from the Gentiles. As he says in Hosea, I will call them my people who are not my people, and I will call her my loved one who is not my loved one. And in this very place where it was said to them, you are not my people, there they will be called children of the living God. Man. So my Jewish, my non-Jewish brother or sister, God says that you who are not God's people are called God's people. You are invited to this celebration. The harvest is also about you. Amen? It's so beautiful. I love that. Well, we're going to be entering now into our Shavuot ceremony. There are lots of parts to it. And we must, must remember that on Shavuot, our first crops are ready. It's about harvesting time. We're nearing more and more the great day of the Lord. We must give God thanks for our harvest. God has blessed you. I know that God has blessed you. Even in the midst of this virus, what do we say? We say, dainu, right? We say that oftentimes during Passover, right, Scott? But we, we can say it all year round. It is enough. It is enough what God has done, but yet he does more. Therefore, this is a day of rejoicing, even in the midst of the, the pandemic and the panic that happens all over the world. It's still a day of rejoicing, but rejoicing in him for his goodness to us. And so we give back to him, he who has given his all for us. Lord, bless our time here today and let our Shavuot offering and our celebration uh, be a sweet aroma uh, up unto you in Yeshua's name. And now, of course, it is time that we've been waiting for. We're going to count the Omer for the last time, the finishing the Omer. I know you've been watching. I know everybody here's been watching. I know you've been watching from home as those pictures, they've just been amazing uh, from the land of Israel, Eretz Yisrael. And I want to, uh, let's count the 50, and first I'll say the blessing. Amen. Blessed are you, God, King of the universe, who made us holy with his commandments and commanded us on the counting of the Omer. Today is the 50th day of the Omer, which is Shavuot. That's right, it is Shavuot. Woo. Okay, so here we go. Here are the slides, and follow along. I'm going to bust through them really quick, and we're going to get to our last slides that we haven't seen. Starting with number one, flowers from the Golan, a purple tree, mom at the western wall, the valley of tears, the northern coast of Israel. Beautiful picture there. Garden of Gethsemane, my sister at Masada, Caesarea, underwater in a lot, that's the Red Sea. Family in Jerusalem, the cliffs of Rosh Hanikra, my kids with Avi Mizraki, before and after. Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, the cave of the Machpelah, the patriarchs in Hebron, Independence Hall, Zion Gate, Garden Tomb in Jerusalem. A sign for camels, a sign for tanks. Rabbi E at the Western Wall. That's such a great picture. I love that. Keep Rabbi E in your prayer. He's doing well. Rabbi Ofer teaching in Mevaseret, Rosh Hanikra, Tel Aviv, Ashkelon, 
a street in Renana, a park in Renana. We used to live in Renana. Uh, the sunset at the Sea of Galilee, myself with the mayor of New York, uh, a ski lift at Mount Hermon, Mitzpah Ramon Crater, that's down in the desert. Wow, what a beautiful area to jeep through. The top of Masada, praying at the border with Lebanon, flowers in the Golan, windmills in the Golan. Wow, look at the bus at the top. It's so tiny in the picture. Snowball fight on the top of Mount Hermon in the month of May. Kids and with Safta at Tel Aviv Beach, the Sea of Galilee, Mediterranean sunset. My mom with a, with a you know, listen, don't mess with mom. You understand, just take care. You know, the, you know this one. Uh, okay, Tiffany on the Mount of Beatitudes. I love that spot. And I love the person in that picture. Brush and Golan, Mark and Dara in that classic picture. Oh, I did cute. Uh, uh, Next one, I walk on air. I'm pretty good at that. Mom in Jerusalem. Okay, here's some new ones. This is the the twins in the Mediterranean Mediterranean at Herzliya Beach. This was me a long time ago, y'all. Okay, listen, no no, no judgment. Okay, no judgment. I'm just, uh, let's let's move on. Military installation in the north. Uh, This is our Rebbitson eating falafel in Renana. Wow, that's a She's not happy I showed that. Uh, twins at the Western Wall. This actually is my favorite picture that exists in the world. This was my twins. You know, they have a separate men's and women's section, but when the kids are little, they can be together. And just to see them together at the Western Wall uh, in prayer, we spent some time in prayer that day. It was so special. And then finally, that's right, the 50th day of the Omer. This is Shavuot. That's myself on Mount Sinai. It's actually the only picture that's not in Israel because that's, uh, that's in the Sinai, okay? But the 50th day of the Omer, which is at the top of Mount Sinai, it was a really hard climb. I got to be honest with you, I, I, I struggled with it, but I finally made it to the top with the help of a camel. Okay, the 50th day of the Omer and Shavuot, Shavuot is upon us. That's right. It's amazing. Okay, so we have, uh, we have already blessed this. So Chag Sameach Habikurim, get ready. I'm gonna move very quickly here in what I'm gonna be sharing with you. So much is about to be revealed and you're about to get a taste of something that's truly ancient. There are so many aspects of Shavuot. We're gonna only go over some of them today. And here's a preview. Shavuot is a harvesting holiday, so we bring our first fruits. It's also the day that Moses gave the Ten Commandments to Israel on Mount Sinai. Finally, it's also the day, as Daniel alluded to earlier, that the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, was given in Acts chapter 2. And this service now, y'all, is very interactive. I know that you're not here physically, but I really want for you to be present verbally and to participate when asked to do so because uh, I know, you, you listen, you're on your couch, that's okay. But I want for you to really get the blessing of Shavuot today and to let this minister to you. Okay, get ready. We're gonna hear and learn all about Shavuot so that it makes sense. Leviticus chapter 23 in verse 21 says this, on that same day you are to proclaim a sacred assembly and do no regular work. This is to be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come wherever you live. A sacred assembly, okay, that's what we're doing here today, and you're in a virtual sacred assembly, rabbinical decision that counts, you are getting credit for it, and it says for the generations to come wherever you live, that generations to come means you do this forever, wherever you live means, hey, even in metro Atlanta, North Georgia, or wherever you're watching all over the world, we're forever supposed to do this no matter where we're at. This holiday is called Shavuot which Be'evrit in Hebrew means weeks. It's also called Chag HaBikurim, Feast of First Fruits. Some people, of course, believe that Yeshua was resurrected at the harvest holiday of early first fruits, 
during Passover, we know that he was the first of a great harvest of those who will be resurrected, of course, on the great day of the Lord. Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 15 says, from the day after the Sabbath, the day you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, count off seven full weeks, which is 49 days. Count off 50 days up to the day after the seventh Sabbath and then present an offering of new grain to the Lord. From wherever you live, bring two loaves made with two tenths of an ephah of finest flour baked with yeast as a wave offering of first fruits to the Lord. So God says to do this, count 50 days and then present an offering from wherever you live. So this is what we've done. We've counted off 50 days. It says present an offering wherever you live. It says two loaves, two loaves. And, and then with these loaves, we're to make a wave offering of first fruits. And what this represents, y'all, is this represents our harvest. Even during COVID-19, there should be a harvest in our lives. It may not be financially. I know a lot of people are struggling financially. Some are doing okay. But in some way, you should be maturing and fruit-bearing. Think about areas. I'm asking you, don't just sit there with the lazy boy and just, you know, let it really think about it. You can sit in the lazy boy. That's okay. But I want you to think, okay, think about areas where you've grown in the last year. I, mean, I want you to really think about areas where you have grown in the last year, areas in your life. If you, if you can't think of any, that's a concern. Okay, make sure you have one for next year, right? But think of areas that you've grown. Or if it's been financially, if you've been blessed, we need to make an offering to the Lord to give thanks for this. Today is indeed the 50th day of the counting of the Omer. On this day, the first Omerim of wheat, the last grain crop to ripen, are baked into loaves and brought to wave before the Lord. And these are big loaves for sure. Eif loaf is made with two tenths of an ephah of wheat flour, which is about a half a gallon. And each is around three feet long and nine inches wide. Okay, they're there to be, there to be big grain offerings before the Lord. And so I want to ask you, before we determine if we can wave uh, these, these loaves and this uh, praise to the Lord. First, I have a question for you, and congregation, I need for you to reply to me, even if you are at home. If you've been participating, I want for you to get the blessing of Shavuot with us who are here physically here today. And so I want to ask you this question, and congregation, you're with me. Did you start counting the week's after sundown, at the end of Passover High Shabbat? Yeah. Yes. Is this the day after seven complete weeks? Yes. Yes. You have reached the 50th day of counting the Omer? Yes. yes. The day of Shavuot is fully come. We may wave the Omerim. Okay, I'm going to ask our Revitson. Tiffany, come on up on stage. I'm going to ask her to join me. And now that we have reached day 50, we have grown to maturity. This is what this is symbolic of. The bread is leavened and become large loaves. It's the culmination of something. We wave two omer loaves from the new wheat harvest, and then we may eat of the harvest. See, we're not supposed to partake in the harvest Mishpachah, and this should make sense to you, until we've given God his portion and given thanks to God for it. And so I'm going to uh, slip on over here with our Rebbitzin and get ready, get ready to pull this thing back and take a look, ladies and gentlemen, look at this. 
Dun, dun, dun. Oh my gosh, it's unbelievable, Tiffany, isn't it? They're huge. I have to thank Maria. Maria, wow. I, I got to tell you, when I saw these things, they are the most beautiful Shavuot bread we've ever had. And there's just amazing uh, how gorgeous. Look at these things. And they're, they're perfect. You're right, absolutely right. And so we're going to take these loaves, y'all, and we're going to make a wave offering before the Lord. <clears throat> and so I'm going to ask our Rebbitzin, if you will, to take that side. And, and, <clears throat> and, when we, and when we wave this before the Lord, we're going to wave it in the four compass directions and upward and downward while referencing Psalm 113, uh, which, which tells us a few things to do as we do it. And so uh, first we're going to be going uh, north to south over Jerusalem. So we're going to come this way and wave it to the Lord and say, ye his servants. Then east to west. From dawn to sunset. High in heaven. who humbles himself. Is that not absolutely beautiful? We have waved the Omarim and obeyed the command of God. Let's give the Lord praise, everybody. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Tiffany. Wow, that's so beautiful, and it's ancient. It's commanded in Scripture. Nobody does this. The Word of God says it. Do you know what a ketubah is? Many of you know what a ketubah is, of course. A, a, a ketubah is a marriage contract uh, in Judaism, and it's an agreement that establishes some of the parameters of the relationship between the bride and the bridegroom. And the giving of the Torah, we, we saw the Torah, the giving of the commandments of God is a marriage contract between God and and Israel. It is said that the cloud came down from Mount Sinai and it was like a chuppah, right? We have the chuppah here that's absolutely beautiful. A chuppah, which actually represents a talit, which reminds us of, what does a talit do? The, the tzitzit reminds us of the commandments, exactly. This is supposed to remind us of the commandments, just like our tzitzit on the, on the talit also remind us of the commandments, right? This is, this is the purpose of it. And so this is why we have a chuppah here on Shavuot. Absolutely beautiful. In addition to weeks, uh, also Shavuot also means in Hebrew oaths. Uh, so today is an annual rehearsal for the betrothal of the bride, Israel, to Messiah, okay? And this festival of Shavuot is essentially an engagement party. Exodus chapter 19 says this, starting in verse 16. On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning. This is when God gave the law. With a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast, everyone in the camp trembled. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The, the smoke billowed up from it like from a furnace, and the whole mountain trembled violently. 
I'm going to make the camera tremble a little bit. Look at that. It's trembling. It's just like it's Shavuot, okay? Uh, It is. And the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. Moses spoke, and the voice of God answered him. Wow. That's powerful, isn't it? I love this right from the word of God. The Lord descended onto Mount Sinai in fire. Exodus 24, 17 says, to the Israelites, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. We read this. This is what happened on that first Shavuot. It was the cloud that covered, and then it was like a fire that came upon the mountain. Remember this. Remember this. We're going to talk more about this. The glory of the Lord looked like the consuming fire on the mountain. Amazingly, Shavuot in the Brit Chadashah is when Yeshua's promised that he would send his Ruach HaKodesh, the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, was fulfilled. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 1. I'm giving you a lot of scripture, friends, because this is such a biblical feast and, and, and holy day that, and so powerful and relevant for today. Let it minister to you. Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost, or Shavuot, that is Shavuot, came, they were all together in one place. These were all these Jewish guys here. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from the heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest upon each of them. Wow, was that familiar? All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't those who are speaking Galileans? Then, rather, then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? They were speaking all these different tongues. Scripture says that tongues of fire came to rest upon them. Do you see, of course, that parallel? They were filled with a Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. And all nations understood. All nations, because there were nations, people there from all nations. Why? Because it was one of the pilgrimage festivals, the Shalosh Regalim, where people all came to Jerusalem. So the giving of the Torah, right, we talked about, is a marriage contract between God and Israel. The giving of the Ruach in Acts chapter 2 is a covenantal sign also, but with all the nations, all the nations. We see it, all the nations, all the languages of the world. Now, yes, only Jewish people were there at that time, but it was symbolic of the word going out to the world. And we're called to be the bride of Messiah. And and the 3,000 people that were saved that day were the first fruits of the bread of life. And we too are part of, you too are part of the Bikurim. You too are part of the first fruits. Okay, on Passover, the slave children of Israel were set free, right? And the bride was redeemed. 50 days later, God gave her the ketubah, his covenant fulfilled. On Passover, Yeshua redeemed slaves to sin, that's us, to be his future bride. Then he told her to, quote, count the days. And on day 42, he left this earth saying, I go to prepare a place for you. This is just like a Jewish wedding. Anybody who knows what a Jewish wedding traditionally is like, that is what happens. And when the 50 days were fully counted, he gave her that engagement stone. That is this day. Friends, you need to realize that you are not a slave to sin anymore. You are not in Egypt 
Passover is more than 50 days out now, my friends. You need to understand that you are freed. On Rosh Hashanah, of course, which comes up a little bit later this year, he comes for his bride. And on the Feast of Tabernacles, which is Sukkot, the marriage will be celebrated as we dwell with him forevermore. This is when we celebrate the final harvest of grapes and oil. So, so first, if you're ready to commit yourself to the Lord and to follow his decrees, then we're going to join in as a congregation and repeat the same words of our people in scripture in accepting God's words. And th these are like the commitment made at a wedding, but to God. Remember that our people made a commitment to follow what the Lord says. Well, I'm going to ask you to do this also. So uh, congregation, you see it on your screen. Let's everybody say this together. All the words which the Lord has spoken, we shall do. All the Lord has spoken, we shall do and obey. Woo. Some of you have been a bride before, but we are all part of the bride of Messiah. We have the chuppah up here. Understanding his gift to us makes this holiday make even much, so much more sense. It just makes so much more sense. It also makes the offering requirement make more sense because Shavuot represents God's gifts to us, right? Of the Torah, of the Ruach HaKodesh, of salvation. God has given gifts to us. It's only fitting for us to give gifts to God. And indeed, that's what he says to bring to him. Leviticus chapter 23, starting in verse 37, it says, these are the Lord's appointed festivals, which you were to proclaim as sacred assemblies for bringing food offerings to the Lord. The burnt offerings and grain offerings, sacrifices and drink offerings required for each day. These offerings are in addition to those for the Lord's Sabbaths and in addition to your gifts and whatever you have avowed and all the freewill offerings you give to the Lord. So this is the Lord's appointed feast and our offering is, is supposed to be given in addition to our regular giving. And we give God our tithes, of course, on a regular basis and that is good and foundational. Never tempt God by keeping the small percent that belongs to him. But first fruits is a chance to really make sure our priorities are in the right order, to make sure that we're giving to God our first fruits. Yes, financially, but more than this, friends, with our time, with our talents, with our hearts, really, the whole thing. The decorations you see of the blooming offerings remind us of the importance of putting God first and giving him our very, very best. This is what we should be doing. We read in Deuteronomy chapter 16, starting in verse 9, where it says, Count off seven weeks from the time you begin to put the sickle to the standing grain. Then celebrate the festival of weeks to the Lord your God by giving a freewill offering in proportion to the blessings the Lord your God has given you. And rejoice before the Lord your God at the place he will choose as a dwelling for his name. You, your sons, your daughters, your male and female servants, the Levites in your town and the foreigners, the fatherless and the widows living among you. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and follow carefully these decrees. So we read that on Shavuot, right, Steve? It's a free will offering in proportion to the blessing the Lord your God has given you. And we're supposed to rejoice when we do it because we remember that we were slaves. See, my friends, you've been redeemed and you have to remember that you've been redeemed. 
and we follow what the word of God says. In Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 16, it says three times a year, all your men must appear before the Lord your God at the place he will choose, at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Weeks, that's now, and the Feast of Tabernacles. No one should appear before the Lord empty-handed. Each of you must bring a gift in proportion to the way the Lord your God has blessed you. The scripture says that specifically on Shavuot, one should bring a free will offering. And yes, this means above our tithe, but it also indicates that no specific amount is compulsory. Scriptures just mandate that everybody brings something. Scriptures do tell us that the free will offering should be in proportion to how we've been blessed by the Lord. So this is a thanksgiving offering as God has been so good to us. So we're going to do something here in just a minute, and I'd like for you to each bow your heads for just a moment. If you're watching out there, just bow your heads for just a moment as you're listening. I want to allow the Lord to, to deal with each of you uh, as to what that free will offering will be, if you've not already sent it in. Reflect on how God has blessed you. The amount is not so important as long as you've been obedient to what God is placing on your heart. Some of you have not had a significant financial blessing this year with the COVID. Your proportional blessing is expected to be lower. Others of you have been blessed much and shouldn't be limited. Lord, give us wisdom and give us peace, Lord, about the, how generous we should be in our spirits during this season for the special first fruits offering unto you. In Yeshua's name, Lord, touch each person who's watching. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 26 is very unusual because it specifically outlines exactly what we should say when we bring the Shavuot offering. It says exactly what we should say. Deuteronomy chapter 26, starting in verse 1, says, When you have entered the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and have taken possession of it and settled in it, Take some of the first fruits of all that you produce from the soil of the land the Lord your God is giving you and put them in a basket. Can, can, can somebody grab that basket for me? Then go to the place the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name and say to the priest in office at that time, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the land the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. The priest shall take the basket from your hands and set it down in front of the altar of the Lord your God. Then you shall declare before the Lord your God. And then, thank you, Damien, then it says what we're supposed to declare uh, very specifically. And, 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 and so we read what the Word of God says. It's something that's very unusual. Is that uh, It says to bring our first fruits to the altar in a basket. Okay, we've got our, our big uh, Bethel basket right here. And traditionally, this procession of the Bikurim was accompanied by rejoicing as it is celebrating uh, and being thankful to God for his goodness to us and our crops. Now, how are we going to do this virtually, y'all? Okay, here's how we're going to do it. In just a moment, I'm going to have you read the exact text that God commanded us to say when we bring this particular offering. And after this is complete, I'm going to ask the musicians to play. Now, many of you have already sent in your Bikurim Shavuot offerings, and it's here. I've already got a, a lot of the, the offerings here uh, that have already come in. A lot of you mailed or on PayPal, whatever, already sent in things that are specific to, uh, to Shavuot. Okay, fair enough. Now, once we start the song, though, if you have not yet sent in your, your offering for Shavuot, 
then please present your offering to the Lord. Of course, it's above our tithes. And, and if you have it there at home, you can always put the pause button on, the, on YouTube for that matter to, to make sure you're prepared. But if you have it there at home, if you've, not, if you've sent it then, we, we have it here and symbolically it's here too. But if you have it there at the home, then what I want you to do is I want you to take it. Okay, here's one from one of our sweet members. Uh, I want you to take it and, and put it in your hands uh, again, if you've already sent it in, then great. But then also, if you want, you can use the PayPal link. And when the music starts, uh, then you can click the button to send it in. Uh, and make sure in the notes you mention it's Shavuot. Okay, but even at home, you don't do so glumly. If you've already sent it in, or if you're sending in a special offering, don't do so glumly. You have to rejoice, even in the midst of the pandemic, even if your offering is not as big as you'd want for it to be even if your free will offering is much bigger than you'd like for it to be. <laughs> Regardless of whatever it is, you've got to rejoice. So first, as we are getting ready, we're going to read together from Deuteronomy 26. And I want you to, to really say this out loud. Wherever you're watching this from, I want you to say this. And there are people who are here. I want you to say this out loud because this is what the Lord commands us to say as we bring our, our Shavuot offering. So all together, Mishpacha, my father was a wandering Aramean, and he went down into Egypt with a few people and lived there and became a great nation, powerful and numerous. But the Egyptians mistreated us and made us suffer, subjecting us to harsh labor. Then we cried out to the Lord, the God of our ancestors, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our misery, toil, and oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great terror and with signs and wonders. He brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and now I bring the first fruits of the soil that you, Lord, have given me. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethlehem.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org. Or call 770-641-641. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and Shalom. Nine, 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 nine.